Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, friends, and welcome back. Happy Wednesday. I hope you are having a good week so far. And I'm really happy to share today's podcast with you. I'm joined by my friend Hem, and it is maybe slightly more relaxed than podcast episodes usually are, uh, just because I'm I'm chatting to a friend. Um, but we still cover some amazing, amazing content, some uh, amazing topics. We are diving into language, which I find really interesting, and in how we mean different things, uh, even with the same words. We're talking about self care, self love self-awareness and self-acceptance, which are big topics that I like to talk about, change, authenticity, uh, so many great, great topics. Uh, Before we dive into that, I just want to say a massive thank you to Philippa, who joined us on Monday. Uh, I really enjoyed that episode, and if you've not had a um, listen to it yet, we talked a lot about life lessons and basically rebuilding your life when everything kind of falls apart and um, I think that for a lot of us is really however the last uh, year or so has affected us um, there's some really great takeaways from that I think but yes this conversation I'm start I've started today I, I mentioned um, well over the last few weeks about my own self-care and <laughs> Monday um, I was I was laughing to myself about how I'd said yoga was non-negotiable and that had completely fallen by the wayside. But actually this morning I did get up and I did some yoga and I've enjoyed the sunshine. I've been podcasting this morning, but I've just had a, a, a lunchtime break to have a little barbecue in the garden Um, enjoy the sunshine. So I'm feeling good. I feel like I've I've done a little bit of that, that self-care and that, that chill and and actually, even when I'm podcasting, and usually at the weekends it's my podcasting time, I get a lot out of it as well, listening back to these conversations, um, and particularly this one today with a friend. It was like chatting to, to him all over again. So um, that's kind of what I'm doing about self-care, and so it's a, a great time, I think, to check in with yourself, to think about what you are doing for your self-care and we're getting a bit more into kind of what that can look like in this conversation as well as all those awesome other topics that I mentioned so that's everything for me for now let's dive into this conversation and I will be back quickly at the end hi everyone mm-hmm. and welcome back and I'm really really happy to welcome today's guest who is a friend uh, so if you noticed a really relaxed feel to the conversation, really, we've got a topic, but it is going to be lovely just to catch up. We're already 40 minutes late hit and record because we've just been chatting. Um, but I'm so happy to welcome Hem to the podcast. So Hem, welcome. And if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello. Hi, Anna. Hi, I'm Hem. I'm the founder of Self Love Self Care System. I tend to teach self-love and self-care to people. I'm a coach. I'm also just trained in yoga and I love things like Reiki. And actually, my favorite thing ever in the world is pancakes with chocolate spread. <gasps> yes. 
I had pancakes with chocolate spread the other day. Not on I pancakes love- day. Just, <laughs> it's just like when they're all in the shops. And I do love Nutella. I don't know if that is the chocolate spread brand that you had. There are other brands available, but I do love Nutella. It's always Nutella. Nutella. <laughs> always Nutella. You know, random fact. Completely off topic already. Uh, but when I went traveling with my friend, we went traveling, ultimately it was for four months, but we thought it was going to be longer. We had two and a half months in South America. And she was like, how are you going to cope without Nutella? I'll tell you what, in Peru, there is a lot of Nutella everywhere. We got there and there's like crepes with Nutella. It's like... Yes. <laughs> now, if we could go to Peru right now, that might make us very happy, might it? <laughs> I'd love to go back. I would, in a heartbeat, go back to Peru. Um, let's talk about self-care. Actually, see, I can, I can make this link to Nutella. Sometimes if I'm really busy, really stressed, really overwhelmed, my partner sometimes gets me little things for like a little boost. Uh, just really small, thoughtful things. Sometimes it's a lush bath bomb. Sometimes it's Nutella. <laughs> so self-care so self-care self-love system tell us a little bit about self-care and kind of what it means to you So you know it was really interesting because I was thinking earlier today about how it's become such a big word and the whole self-love self thing has become such a big thing um over the last well, year well we know why right so <laughs> the whole anxiety that's been kicking in for people and the fact that our whole way of life's been changed so dramatically So I think that it's kind of opened the door to the fact that maybe we haven't really been looking at these things well enough, right? We've all been really on this treadmill going round and round and round, not noticing those exhaustion moments, the anxiety that's kicking in, the fact that we're overworking. And I think that, you know, this whole period has kind of made us really look at ourselves really closely, almost magnifying glass closely, really. Um, And I think that... And, you know, with what I teach, and it's it's all about really getting into that space where you work on your self-care and then you move into self-love and you move into healing aspects of yourself that are broken. So then that moves into mental health. It moves into anxiety. It moves into the way that we so often put ourselves last. And I really, really hope, let's say hope, because I can't say for sure that this happened. I really hope that over the last year or so that all of us have had just a small little light bulb moment where we realise that putting ourselves first isn't selfish, it's worth it and it's the right thing to do, you know? Yeah. Well, I remember back in the days pre-COVID where if you were feeling ill, unless you were like dying, it was kind of, you know, you still go to work, you go to work with a cold, you go to work, even if you got like the, the flu or something, unless it's like a stomach bug or something like that, you know, it's kind of you still go to work and it's almost like a badge of honor like I'm still here and I'm ill and so I think maybe that is something that will change that if you are ill people will be like you stay at home you rest you need to not necessarily because of any real concern about your well-being but the concern of (laughs) catching it but I think maybe that's a positive of changing actually if you're sick your body needs to rest and you need that time and actually just working isn't really helping you or or anyone no that is really true and it's actually interesting you bring that up because I was thinking about it the other day and how when we actually take that time to stop and we take that time to actually be ill rather than working and reading something that's work related and opening our laptop and actually logging into our email and checking all our emails we actually become productive faster when we get better 
So your body actually gets sick for a reason. It gets sick because it needs you to stop. It needs you to just unload everything. It needs you to let go of everything. And it really wants you to take that moment. Now, we all know this story, right? How many times have you ignored getting sick, ignored getting sick, ignored getting sick, and then you get really, really sick? Or even worse things happen. You end up in an accident or you end up falling down the stairs and you end up with three months out. These things don't need to happen so long as we really take care of ourselves. And what you said, Hannah, is so true. This thing is going to really open up the doors so that the employer will be like, you're sniffling, please leave, leave the office, go home. Yeah, although (laughs) hopefully they'll be like, go home, rest, not go work from home because now we know that that works. (laughs) Hopefully you've got a a caring employer. (laughs) uh, um, But I was just thinking, and I I think this is maybe a slightly different, maybe slightly different. It's that kind of when you are running yourself ragged really and you're so stressed and and I definitely had this teaching I don't know if you did when you were teaching where you're like you're getting to the end of the term and you've got to power through and then as soon as it's the holidays it's like hey here's a cold here's some illness because your body is like so exhausted (laughs) it needs to rest Uh, and so you don't just get it like in the middle of the term it kind of waits until you're like yes finally I can relax (laughs) and you're suddenly ill yeah, you know, that's actually just a common thing. And that happens because your body is on go. So while your body's on go, it can't actually recognize that you're already sick. So what, what it does is you're fighting with your go mode and go mode actually strengthens you to that degree that you're okay. But the minute you slow down, you only have to slow down a very, very small amount. And the minute you slow down, you get really sick. I remember one Christmas, I've been working really, really hard at my job, right? And Christmas came and I could feel it coming. I could feel it coming. I, I mean, I only stopped work on the 24th. 25th, I was the sickest I have ever, ever been. Because I'd just taken no notice of the fact that I was exhausted. I'd completely burned the candle at both ends. And I completely didn't allow myself to just have any time. So then by the time I got better, I was going back to work. Yeah. So, you know, it's about, I think, you know, that the big lesson maybe in all of this, and, you know, in, in the fact people have been, some people have been really, really sick over this period, right? And gone mm. through some terrible experiences. People have been in hospital, people have lost people. I think it's to realise now that, you know, it won't fly anymore pretending that we can, do everything at once it won't fly anymore to be like running and burning the candle at both ends we have to now take responsibility for ourselves in such a big way that as a collective and I think as a whole consciousness all of us together we need to look after each other and in a loving way as opposed to oh well you know I don't care. It doesn't matter if people get sick in my office, which is a kind of attitude that was probably there before because we'd happily go into work sick. And if someone else caught it, then so be it. We just, we want to move into the spaces where we recognize the responsibility we carry for each, each of us. You know how much we care about each of us. That's so interesting because I think sometimes the rationale for I can't take time off is I don't want to burden other people that they'll have to pick up my work. So we go in, (laughs) but potentially infect them with whatever is going on. So it's, it's kind of, whether that's because we can't let go of the stuff and that we need it to feel important, to feel valued or whatever, where it's that, or whether there is genuinely that it's really busy. I don't want to put it on other people, you know? Um, Yeah. 
I, I think I think it's just a mindset. And I yeah. think we've become so honed into behaving the way that we do that that mindset is, I, I, I agree with you. I do think a lot of it is burden and a lot of it is the fact that your work is not going to get done for some people if they're not there. It is as simple as that. You know, it will just sit there. It will be in your in-tray. When you get in, it will still be there. So I do recognise that. But I think that we have to, you know, just as a, a, a species as the people we need to evolve around that and move ourselves forward so that we are recognizing that we need to have structures and ways of work that actually honor us as opposed to break us down and i think we have got really complacent in the sense of our our care of each other and ourselves because we have created a world that wants us to go 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 all of the time um, and then I think, you know, then we're moving into sort of how the aspect works and, and how we think about how we're going to change these things. And it's going to take time, obviously, because we're only in that point. We're only in that point of something really major has happened and our world's been rocked. So we can build from here, maybe change from here. Maybe. Yeah. Sorry, my, my dog's playing downstairs. I don't know if you can hear that, everyone. But he's <laughs> chatting away. <laughs> um, it's, it's funny, there's something that I was I was thinking about. Uh, about self-care as we've kind of been talking um, and we've been talking about when you'll go 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 and needing that kind of relaxing Um, and something that I've noticed over this period that actually for me sometimes self-care sometimes it looks like doing not a lot (laughs) like vegging (laughs) on the sofa and like really but if I do too much of that that's not self-care either and that leaves me feeling really drained actually and that actually there's a lot of actuallys in that sentence but <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's it's a more active type of self-care that I have to be moving I have to be doing some of the things I enjoy because if I am just not doing anything I yeah. I kind of go the other way yeah. so maybe not really anxious but it's almost I've, I've been listening to the audiobook The Upward Spiral about mental health and you have that downward spiral into kind of depression yeah. which is somewhere I've been don't particularly want to go back if I can help it but when I'm just doing nothing some of those blocks that help me stay in a good place disappear and so I think it's that tuning into yourself and what does self-care look like and sometimes it doesn't just look like doing nothing and staying in your pjs all day (laughs) because I've been doing that this week and it hasn't felt great I'll be honest (laughs) it's beautiful that's beautiful what you just said it's true it's very true and you know it's about balance it's about neutrality and about moderation and it's about recognizing what your drivers are right we're all different what works for one person self-care wise doesn't always work for everybody else if you're a type a personality and you're running around all the time you might need to actually kick back and lay on the sofa for an hour or so obviously if you're laying there three days of a whole week you might start to feel a little bit differently about it and i think that you know it's about knowing ourselves to the degree that we know ourselves so well because once we have that knowledge about ourselves and know what works for us then we can move into those spaces right so like for example for myself and this is gonna be quite laughable right now the things that really make me happy are like going to the cinema and going to the restaurants and obviously I can't do those at the moment so we've had to think around ways to give me my relaxed time because I'm quite a workaholic. I can work and work and work and I can get very engrossed in what I'm doing and forget that I need to take that time out. I know it's necessary, but I have to make sure I kind of almost put an alarm on my phone to remind myself. And you know, it's just about finding your thing and finding what really allows you to 
really fall into spaces of general ease and not disconnect and it doesn't matter what that looks like for some people like actually I love cooking cooking can do it I feel so relaxed I might pour a little glass of wine you know I might start doing my cooking maybe put some beautiful music on you know you find your spaces and that's how we do it but it's it is kind of a a having to be very aware and that takes work sometimes because we've all become so honed into maybe partying really hard back in the day right and working really hard at the same time but thinking that that is us doing both things self-care and working but actually what it is is really working over the top and partying over the top which is another type of working so it's about finding those spaces yeah and I, I and when you were saying about the can't lay on the sofa forever and then you might need to know what it is it's about being mindful that you know um, what your moderate spaces are so it's yeah there's nothing wrong with laying on the sofa and watching a, a movie or being in your pajamas and having a duvet day and stuff but if it becomes a duvet month then we need to kind of look at ourselves and ask what's really going on underneath yeah absolutely and I'm I'm similar to you I love you know um, going to the cinema we've got an amazing local cinema um, and going out for food and I said to my partner earlier um, because we wouldn't necessarily eat out a huge amount I he is not a great cook bless him so I, I cook he's not it's like a joke with his work because he just isn't uh, bless him uh, so I tend to cook <laughs> and I just was like oh, I feel like I'm just constantly cooking I don't even know what to cook anymore because I feel like I've cooked everything really recently and I don't know if you get that but it just I, it, I guess it's that uh, we've got to eat but it's getting into those where you don't have those options of things where you'd break it up a little bit so it just feels like it's I've been cooking forever and I don't know what to cook anymore <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to make pizza tonight because I can't be bothered. It's beautiful. I think that was so beautiful because you know it's like anything, isn't it? It's you've got to be able to know what your resources are and how you're going to change things up. Like I used to say for cooking, for example, use cooking as an example, as that's what you brought up. Um, I used to grab a cook, cookery book and force myself to go out and buy the ingredients because that brings variety into your life. Mm. It's it's about knowing, you know, what variety is for you. And because actually it's often self-care, the reason people get stuck in self-care, actually even maybe self-love to some degree, is because they try doing the same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And eventually, once the mind has got used to that thing, it starts to respond to it in a different way. So it's about saying to yourself, okay, I can tweak this. We're not talking big tweaks here, right? And I think often people think, oh, I need to really tweak this. No, what we're looking at is tiny tweaks. And you make tiny tweaks in your life. And it also brings um, change and change can help to, um, if you're not too anxious and not too scared, you're in a good place, can really help to move you forward in life in general. So it's just about that. And you can move self-care to become a training ground almost for bringing yourself to new ways of being as a human being and as a person. And then more excitement comes in. And I know it sounds really boring. At the moment, think about how much we can and we can't do. So then when you think of those things and you bring them into being and you think about doing them, you realise they are variety. Mm. Yeah. I mean, considering now all the cookbooks I've got downstairs, quite a lot. Um, And not to just blame my partner, 
but I really like spicy food. He doesn't like spicy food. So, you know, there's a limit <laughs> to how much I can experiment. But I do like that tip. And I absolutely, those small tweaks, because I think um, I can definitely relate to this. I'm sure lots of, of people listening can, where you're like, right, I am going to change. I'm going to be this whole new person and I'm going to do all this <laughs> stuff differently. And it never works because it is so much change all in one go. But it's so unsettling and it just like, just doesn't work it's just overwhelming um but actually making those small tweaks feels much more manageable and they're more likely to have an impact and be kind of successful changes or um yeah successful adaptations because they're not overwhelming it's um we're weird creatures I often say um, but I think we have this thing like we we often we want things to be different, but we don't want them to be different. And we, <laughs> we kind of want to change and grow, but we don't want to change. And we've got this weird, um, weird thing around it. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Love that about small tweaks. That's beautiful what you said about how we are and how humans are. You know, that taps back into, you know, the whole anxiety thing and, and how we are. And, you know, humans are really interesting in that respect because we want change, like you said. But then the anxiety starts to come up because change means something new. And because we don't know that and we haven't felt into that, we get really uncomfortable. This is why the small tweaks, because with small tweaks, it's you can put your toe in to the water, which is freezing. <laughs> it's freezing. I'm not going to get in there. But you might put your toe in and find, oh, it's actually really the right temperature for me. Mm. It works. And it's that, it's that testing it out. I'm thinking of Goldilocks now with the porridge. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it is, test it out. Find the one that works for you. Find the thing that works for you. You know, in life, if you look at big success stories, you know, big success stories out there, some of these people started really, really, really small in their lives. And believe me, they had anxiety. They felt unsure. They were worried about change. Crikey, let's look at Richard Branson, for example, he said that, he said this himself, he said even with all the things he's done, he's been on massive stages, he's talked a million times to lots of people, he still gets nervous. Now think of that, think of where he is and think of how he feels, right? So if that's how he feels, then it's for all of us, which means any of us can take little steps to changing our lives. We're not all going to be Richard, obviously, but... It doesn't mean we can't reach for things. It doesn't mean that we can't change. And I think, you know, with everything that's going on, and I know there's a lot of anxiety out there at the moment and a lot of stress and a lot of unease, really. Mm. But I think with everything that's happened, look at your life in a really different way, you know, and recognise that your life is the spaces between that, those pains and just rest in the, the fact that you don't have to do anything but if you want to do something, you can do as small a bit as you can. And that little movement will happen. And, you know, the other thing is, and this is something I tell clients that I have all the time. If you don't go where you're supposed to go, you kind of get dragged there. And then that is uncomfortable. So what we want to do is find those spaces before they find us. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um yeah, there's a there's a quote that, that came to mind around change uh, from Laurie Gottlieb, wrote mm -hmm. a book uh, called uh, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone, which is great. And, and that it's change comes with loss. Even if it's a positive change, there is some loss there. And you kind of need to be 
okay with that so big change big loss um yeah. you know so so those tweaks and and I, I love the um the Richard Branson example because I think there's this misconception that uh, if you are confident and successful, then everything is going to be easy and it's all going to be fine. You're never going to feel nervous or uncomfortable. But I kind of think if you don't have those nerves that tell you like, this is really important. I really want to do a, a good job with whatever this is. You maybe get into that kind of arrogance or that kind of not really caring or not really taking it seriously or not really putting the effort in because I don't need to. I'm like totally cool with this. <laughs> and and actually, some, yeah, I just kind of think... I mean, maybe I am arrogant about stuff, I don't know. But, you know, I think it's that that nervous feeling, it helps you to kind of focus and to give things your all. And I wouldn't want to be so kind of comfortable that I never have that feeling because I don't think the things I do would be as good without, without that feeling. But, I, yeah, I think we sometimes think, well, yeah, if I was confident, I wouldn't feel that fear. Um, and, I, and I think that's, yeah this kind of misconception isn't it it's maybe something we tell ourselves again it's the mindset thing that well when I feel that way then I'll do the thing <laughs> but then there's not a point that we're ever going to reach <laughs> so when we're never having to actually put ourselves out there and kind of like feel the fear and do it anyway or um... it's interesting because you know that taps into sort of resilience and how we are as human beings actually I think we forget sometimes we are human beings okay we have emotions and those emotions are drivers they're going to make us feel particular ways. So the, the actual answer would be really, um, and especially from this situation that we've all been going through, is to tap into your resilience side. We have to be able to bounce back. We have to be able to accept change. We have to be able to recognize that sometimes just staying on the treadmill where we are can be more harmful to us than good and I think you know often it was like you were just saying about you know feeling that fear and but then thinking no no no, it's better if I just stay here and stay in this corner if you stay in that corner you're almost blowing up inside and in some ways actually anxiety and a lot of mental health issues that some of the things I've even been through in my own life and the stresses I've been through they came out of the fact that I was unwilling to let go of the tree I'm imagining myself just imagine me I'm just holding onto this tree and going no 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 I'm staying here I'm staying here there's this flood and I'm going no no I'm holding onto the tree and they're going if you don't move you're going to end up in the water crashing down because it's getting deeper the flood but I want to hold on so tightly and I think that we all get into these spaces of wanting to hold on so tightly but remember while we're holding on so tightly this kind of thing happens what we've experienced we get pushed in a different way by forces outside of our control we need to move into a new way where these things don't happen so much. It doesn't mean things won't happen outside of your control. But what it means is that you have more resilience to deal with change and step into change if you have to. Because I think, and I will say this even for myself, right? I have to ward against this too. I look at change and go, oh, maybe I should just wait here for a while and I won't do that thing. But actually, you know what I've found from experience now, from actually stepping into things and doing things like this, right? You know, it's so much easier just stepping into it because mm -hmm. the fear disappears. It just stops off a cliff. And don't get me wrong, like what Hannah was saying is so true. There'll be more fear after that other fear. But once you keep stepping into the next thing, it just drops off a cliff and then another one comes up. That's human nature. That's emotional response. And it's always going to be there. So we're never going to bypass it. So once you recognize that, that means you can do most things. 
look, this isn't to say, you know, if you've got really severe anxiety issues and stuff that, you know, this isn't to say you're going to be jumping into doing something amazingly big, but even if it means changing something that you eat, that's still a massive step. You know, changing your sleep routine slightly, just tweaking it, they're big steps. You know, I think we've got this weird bar where we think, unless it's massive and major and we can all see it and it's shiny bright lights, then it's not big enough. But little things are still big too. And I think we need to appreciate that. We're all different. We're all individual. We're all unique. You know, that uniqueness means that it doesn't matter what the change is, so long as it's beautiful and brilliant for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, something that, that seems small to someone else looking at it could be massive for you with that um, anxiety. Mm. And anxiety is such a funny one. I, um, I particularly social anxiety, uh, I experience, but I tend to see anxiety as a positive now because when I'm depressed, I feel nothing. And so when I'm suddenly like, oh, I feel anxious, it's like, oh, I'm not depressed. And it feels like progress, which is just me. Um, but I I find, um, you know, that, that idea, if you said, of stepping into stuff that I can get really stuck in my anxiety and my worry about mm. what is going to happen in the future, how people are going to react, how things, mm. are, how I'm going to be perceived and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm either in the past or I'm in the future. And when I can just let go, <laughs> I sometimes find myself then really acting impulsively and just jumping into stuff. But mm. that is just that magical space where I'm just like listening to my intuition. I'm just following my gut and I'm just kind of going for it and not really thinking so much about all those worries and that anxiety and just going for it and it feels quite often like they are big <laughs> big things because I think mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes they're smaller things but I think sometimes we can uh, really hold ourselves back from things we maybe really want that it does feel like a leap when you can just let go but really magical when you can just be like shush brain shush <laughs> and just go for it I, I really <laughs> one of my favorite things uh, is uh, it's in like a, a mental health uh, chat forum that I've been on before. And I think someone once tried to say something their brain was doing and they did a typo and called it Brian. And I love that. It's just like, Brian is just being <laughs> annoying because it's like, it's it's a bit of separation. <laughs> so it's just like, shush, Brian. Um, we're going to trust ourselves and go for it. <laughs> so, um, you know, and I, and I find actually some of my best decisions or best things I've done have been, when I've just done that, where it feels like it's just an impulsive thing, but really it's just because I'm not obsessing over about it so much, which feels different yeah. um, because the anxiety is often always there, but it, it leads to great things when I can just kind of trust and just step off. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. Kind of steps into self-love, doesn't it? I mean, I think, you know, when we, because this is about worthiness and how our self-esteem is and stuff. And these are big topics, right? Um, just so I say it now, so you know. I mean, these aren't things that we can deal with in 10 minutes. These are things that take work and they take a lot of action. And, you know, there's really like soft places within us that haven't been healed. And, and that worry and anxiety comes out of those spaces, right? But it's never to, 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 be, to put a lid on ourselves. And I think this is the thing, even if that's how you feel, that's fine. You know, it's not to put a lid on our emotions or need validation. And I think that's more self-love because we we tend to not be in such deep self-love when we're needing that outside validation. And I used to be the worst for it. I used to want everyone to like what I was doing, everyone to like me, and da da da, and I'll be fine, and I'll be so fine. You know, it just doesn't <laughs> work like that. It just doesn't. 
and um, you know and it, so it's kind of like we we have to bring ourselves to that space where we say you know yeah I, I can I can do this much you know I can I can do this much you know it's and even if it is a bit scary it's like yeah okay there's a, a good friend of mine she she feels really um terrified now about going out because of everything that's been going on and the other day she said I went for a walk and she said she was absolutely enamored with herself she goes I was so happy because suddenly I did something and it was huge for her because she's just become so scared of just stepping out of the front door so it's about finding those things I mean I did um, an intuition workshop last week and I was saying to the girls in the workshop, I was saying, we have to be really careful of our analytical mind and where um, Hannah was talking about the brain, Brian, which I really <laughs> love. But we have to be really careful of our analytical mind because it will try its best to stop us, to thwart us. And it actually can kick up our anxiety, actually, because it overanalyzes rubbish. And it is rubbish often, right? It overanalyzes it and then it tells us a story that is also rubbish. And we run because we want to be kind and we want to hear it. We run with that story. Problem with running with that story is all it does is create more of the same. So more fear will rise up, more anxiety will rise up. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I I'm aware, I mean, I've trained in counseling, so I'm aware that many some people are stuck in very big loops of this and this takes lots of work lots of help and lots of working through issues and pain stories and getting to the nitty-gritty of what's really bothering them mm-hmm. so you know this we're not talking about something that's really overly simplistic here we're talking about how it is for us individually and how we move through it as people and if we need help then yeah we go get help right Mm. and if we can do it ourselves and we find ways or we lean on people but you know we're not islands and you know we are teams and humans need each other so you know we have to find ways to be together and lean on each other if we need each other for these things so that we can move into these spaces you know in harmony and in peace with ourselves yeah absolutely and I find um, the onion analogy came to mind. I'm not sure if that's quite right <laughs> for it, but it's something I've been noticing in my my personal therapy that there are there's lots of work that I've done, a lot of work I've done, and I get to a point where you're like, oh yeah, I'm feeling good now. Uh, so you like peeled off that layer, and then it kind of sits for a while, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> there's another layer under here. Let's unpick that, and then it's like, cool, we're good now, and then. There's another, <laughs> there's another layer. So it's maybe not quite an onion because you're not constantly peeling it, but you let it sit for a bit and then you, it kind of settles and it's like, oh no, there is something else under here. There's another story. Um, it's interesting you said that about the, the kind of external validation and worrying about what people think because for me, there was a lot about how I felt about myself, which was a lot I worked on. It's like, right, yeah, I'm good now. Like I feel better about myself. And it's like, oh, now there's this other stuff about <laughs> what other people think. And now there's other stuff underneath that. And so um, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's not like you don't get to a set point. You're like, right, I am 100% sorted now. I'm all good. I'm not fixed, but, you know, like something like that. I'm not, I'm sorted. (laughs) It's not like that. There's all these stories and we could (laughs) keep digging. But then it's, I think that letting it settle is really important as well. With getting to a point of going, yeah, there's some stuff but we're okay at the moment. 
And I think yeah. you need that kind of yeah. balance. Yeah, that's very true. You know, it taps into self-acceptance um, and it also taps into the fact that, and this is something that is really key and I tell my clients it all the time, you know, we are living a life and there's always going to be something new and we are human beings and every day might bring up something different or a challenge or something that we need to learn or situational response that we never had before. And, you know, that onion thing you're talking about, it's it's got its merits because, you know, it is true. There are different layers of us. There's different layers of who we are. And when I said about the acceptance, what I was saying was, and what I was meaning was, we are really complex beings. We're really complex. And the complexity of us means that you are maybe never going to find it all out in this lifetime because it's like finding out about the whole of science and knowing all of it. We are very, very impressive little ecosystems of our own right and we have so much beauty within us that we don't know about but we've also got shadow side and you know there's nothing wrong with the shadow side it's just that that brings up that almost itchy feeling like we don't feel quite right we feel uneasy makes us want to be a little bit unwell makes us feel a bit heady and that happens because we are trapped in this need to understand how to get rid of it as Hannah was saying when she said about settling sometimes we have to accept who we really are and when we get to that acceptance stage we can really develop from there because acceptance is everything self-acceptance is so key here because it means that you can let yourself settle and go okay I accept that I'll go to the next thing and it, you know you know sometimes when we talk about this moving through things Whenever I talk to people, they always go, oh, yeah, well, I've done this. I'll do that one now. And I said, well, no, because it could take another year before you get to the next thing. So let it settle. Let it wait. Let it percolate, you know. Mm. Find out who you really are. Because you might find at the end of that you want to be someone even more different. And it's about allowing yourself to be authentically you. Mm. Yeah. Authentic such a buzzword now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think it's something it sounds just like, yeah, just be authentically you. Um, and like lots of things, like as you've said, that we're, we're talking about, they can sound really simple. They're really big, really big things. Of um, And I think that there is so much, to be truly authentic, there's so much self-acceptance there of being able to be, oh, this is me, you know, the good stuff, the shadow stuff, just this is who I am. And um, I think it's a beautiful thing if you can be in that space, but yeah so much I think goes into into it that you know I try and be authentic but I don't know on a scale of one to ten how authentic I am at any point in time (laughs) I think we have to be careful with the word authentic and I think that the reason that um maybe you had that response you had was really interesting is because it's definitions of what authentic is so I tend to look at it a very different way I tend to look at authenticity as being the best you can be in any given moment in time, right? That's authentically you, right? Because we can't, what that authentic, the other type of authentic otherwise is a measure. We don't, we're not measuring here. There's no rule stick. There's no yardstick. There's no um, reward at the end of it. There's no degree classification for it. You know, this is a different type of authentic. This is about actually accepting you every single day as being you whichever you you are 
that's the authenticity that's authenticity and when we step into that we well we basically step into everything of course it is it is a buzzword and I think because it's a buzzword there'll be so many people reading it in so many different ways and I've been using that word for a very long time by the way (laughs) (laughs) so um I don't even know that it's a buzzword at the moment (laughs) but um I um yeah I mean I've been doing stuff that's kind of on the spiritual line for a very long time throughout my life I've been that way since I was a child and I think that because of that it's quite a prominent word in the way we speak um so yeah so you know that's kind of the way I I don't look at it as something that me it's not another you know championship trophy to to receive it's not and and, you know all this stuff that we've talked about and everything that's been brought up these are not accolades these are not things that you you know that you have to have or tick list or things you've got to do because these to-do lists and these tools that we all have to do and these labels that we've all got they don't help us actually if anything I think they can hinder I think it's about finding who you want to be and being that person and being acceptable with that you know accepting that you know loving that rather than thinking that we have to meet these terrible yardsticks I think that have been meted out by a world and society that has become so honed in on assessing everything checking on everything how hard have I done how well have I done how much have I done you know and and all of these things it's it's impossible we can't you can't constantly be trying to meet these places you can't I don't know how I can't even do it and and you know I've worked so hard over the years on the stuff I do so it's not okay it's not okay to accept this expect this sorry from any of us I think the expectation is to be in a space where we recognize as individuals that yes we might have a society that's running like this but we're also allowed to run our lives and be the way we need to be so that we all feel safe you know and protected yeah there'll be times when you do things that step you out of safe but it'll be your choice you know it'll be your choice of course there's going to be things that happen in the world that are not our choice that we have to accept as well but then that's that resilience again isn't it accepting that we'll change what we can change right and that that we can't we'll just accept it I really love that um the definition you gave of being the best you kind of for that situation because Mm. actually the me that I am maybe with my parents is very different to the me I am maybe when I'm working and the me I am in different situations. And it's not that any of them are more or less me. They're just different because it's different sides of me. So I think that's a really great way of kind of putting it. That it's, um, there's, um, I would think the quote I was thinking of when I asked the question about authentic was from, um, it starts with why by Simon Sinek, which is such a great book. And he uses an example of a company sort of saying like, well, if we were being authentic, what would that look like? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's kind of where it gets that buzzword, like, well, we've got to be authentic. What does that mean? And actually it's not about rationalizing it of like, oh, well, this is what it looks like. It's that trust. And that's, it's that intuition of just, yeah, being the best you in, in that situation. Yeah, it really is. It's funny that you mentioned that like company, because you think really for company you'd be looking for transparency 
<laughs> you know, and being more in the way that, you know, people can accept you and stuff like that. I, I think it's interesting the way we use words and why I've come to words, but it is really interesting the way we use words and the way we, um, how we might take a word. And I'm going to like go off topic just slightly here, but it's just an interesting like thing. Like my other half and I will be talking and I'll use a word and he'll take it to mean X and I'll mean Y. And I sit there and I think, but that word doesn't mean that. And he'll say, yes, it does. It means this to me. And I say, but it doesn't mean that to me. And we have to be really careful, I think, with language because we so often fall into traps where we think someone's saying something that they're just not saying. And I think, you know, as, as people and as, as, you know, through life, it, we need to start recognising that our languages don't necessarily equal other people's languages mm. and cultural social socio-geographic political all of these things tap into how we might think someone else means something like you know you get where say you get upset with a person they say something to you, you get upset and then you say but and then later years later it could even be could be years later right you say to them well you really upset me when you said x and they went that isn't what i meant so all of that time you might spend um, affecting yourself, your body, your consciousness, your mind, and your thoughts. And it was for no reason. And I think we have to be really, really mindful here that we recognize that we all actually speak in really different ways. Like even for even tone, tone goes into that. Mm-hmm. And then the way the words are said goes into that. And you probably all know, because um, I don't, you know, want to imply that you don't, because <laughs> I mean, you probably all do know the study. But the study that was done where it was noticed how we actually process data and information, and it's very little of what's said, actually, that's what we are processing. We tend to process movement, tone. And when I trained to be a teacher, we were trained in this. We were trained to realise that be careful, because it isn't always what you're saying to the children. It may actually be the way you're moving or the way your voice is lilting. So it's about recognising some of that stuff sometime, I think, too. I've got a great example for that, which I may Yay. have already shared before on the podcast. I don't know if I'm going to share it again now because it's hilarious. Um, but also, um, before I do, like with language, that's why when people come on and they're talking about a certain thing, I always love to be like, what does it mean to you? So we know we are on the same page as much as we can be. Like we're talking about this thing. This is what we mean by it. Um, so yeah, and I was uh, teaching at a summer school mm-hmm. and there was a fellow teacher and we had a teacher's night out. So we went out, people had some drinks and this teacher was telling me how great a teacher I was and how inspirational I was, but he was shouting at me and swearing as he did it. <laughs> so he was, he was very drunk and the message I could hear <laughs> logically, I'm like, right, I can hear you saying good things, but the way it was very intimidating, it felt kind of weird because like what I was picking up was like he's angry and he's shouting and swearing at me so even though it was good stuff it was such a weird experience but it's it's such a perfect illustration of what you've just said so I quite like to share it with people because it's just like you're like oh what message am I am I am I hearing also I think just also on a personal level with language words that we like or don't like or think are true for us or not because you you referred I, I refer to my partner as my partner and you use the term other half and I really don't like other half <laughs> and it's just personal things so if my partner called me as other half I would be quite annoyed because to me um and it's not like that's a right or wrong it's my personal preference it's like well 
I'm I'm a whole person by myself. I don't need another half uh, because <laughs> so even oh. it, it can be all of that, like you said, the the cultural, the social, but also <laughs> just be personal preference of this is what it means to me. Um, yeah. Do you know why I was laughing? Because I don't like partner. <laughs> well, I switched to partner when we got engaged because I felt if I kept saying like my fiance, it felt really like pretentious or like I wanted people to be like, congratulations all the time. <laughs> so I was like, well, he's not my boyfriend anymore. We're not married. Fiance just sounds so I switched to partner. Um, it's really, it, yeah. that's so interesting. I love that because it's, even there, we managed to find something. See that, you feel to me you know language is an interesting thing because um when I trained in um, hypnotherapy um one of the things that we say when we write scripts is to be really careful with language because and even like in meditations I do meditations for people we have to be really careful with language we have to be very very careful with language because what one word means to one person like the word heavy sometimes it gets used but I absolutely don't like it as a word because I don't think it's of light I don't feel that it makes me feel light it makes me feel the reverse of light so it pulls me into more of an anxious space and so that's quite interesting it's, it's interesting to think that we how we absorb that and how that then comes out in the way that we interact with other people and it's like I and it was interesting when you said that Hannah about your other half and I'm going to say other half. And, um, <laughs> and, but it was interesting because my other half and I often come to blows because of this exact thing. Because we say one thing and he says, no, it means this. And I say, no, it means that. And it's really interesting because as people, we have to become more aware of this in general so that we recognize that we are so different however we're also so similar and that's the other beauty of it all right it's yeah. fine you know and the thing is that the funny thing is right if your um say husband said it but your friend said it you'd have a such a different response and it's really interesting the way we are as people the way we behave like that mm. because you'd know your friends said it they didn't mean it that way but when it comes to our significant others let's say we can see things there that aren't there because of the relationship being so interconnected and then that pulls you back into the way we feel as people and back into mm. our how we have disconnection anxiety unease it's because of how we interact in relationship mm. it's really interesting because I think also I was thinking that again if it's the same thing came from like a parent there's such a complex relationship there that it might be I was thinking like if a friend is like are you okay um you know I'm concerned maybe you know you're really busy and you know you might be like oh yeah they're just concerned but if you hear it from a parent you're gonna be like stop judging me because there's there's that automatic story because of the the complexity of that relationship and all that past so yeah the, the same exact message from different people you're you're not just interpreting what they've said it's not just the language it's your understanding of the language all your stories what you well someone said that to me once and it's, it's like the we need to talk <laughs> because sometimes it's just we need to talk because we need we've got a bill we need to pay and we need to sort that out and you might say we need to talk but if someone says to you a, a partner says to you we need to talk I think everyone knows <laughs> where your mind goes for that like oh dear what have we done are we breaking up what's going on it's yeah. true. Everyone's heart drops into their yeah. feet. 
doesn't it? Well, it's not when you're a child and your parent goes, you need to talk. And that's why, because we all of our um, base interaction responses come from how we negotiated life as children. So how we heard language as children, which is why these blows come up in like significant other relationships, because we are basically moving through those same patterns again and again and again so we're experiencing what we experience as children as adults and that's how we actually get to that friction point sometimes in relationship because we we're actually acting out old style behaviors and old style things and you know we 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 put into play the way that we feel and think around naught to seven we tape record everything at that time and then you get to seven to 11, you start to look out in the world for all of that stuff. And then we go out and we, we look for it. And then we expect it. And we expect these things. And this is, comes back, actually, brings me right back to the whole being anxious and everything that's been going on at the moment. Um, bring you right back to that. And it brings you back to the fact that our reactions and the things that cause us disturbance are the things that we didn't deal with very well when we were younger. They were protection mechanisms. So it's about recognizing that, you know, this isn't a bad thing, even if you are feeling awful. It's about maybe finding out what that is, just finding it, drilling down into what that is so that you can move through it. Because we don't have to respond the way we did when we were five, when we're like 30, right? We don't have to do that. You know, but we often do that because we're so used to it. It's like a knee-jerk reaction, that response. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's just to know that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could keep talking about this stuff all night. <laughs> but I have some set questions I ask everyone that I'd love to hear your thoughts on because I'm sure we will go off uh, on tangents with those as well. Um, <laughs> but before I do, do you have a final thought on uh, kind of anything we've talked about life in general that you want to share with us? Well, I think, do you know, and obviously I'm going to say this because it's what I do, right? But I, but I think the bottom line is to really get to know yourself. And I think it's to really move into self-care and self-love. And, you know, they're buzzwords as well, aren't they, really? Um, but the truth is, if we don't step into those journeys and we don't try to find out who we are, we keep hitting walls and we keep coming back up against disconnect unease and you know situations that we just don't want to be in so I think you know finding out who you really are and actually like we were saying about the authenticity being happy with who you are being happy with who you are at all times and recognizing that you know it's okay to have a bad day and then you know tomorrow it might be a little bit of a better day and then the day after it might be an amazing day but recognizing that we can't have fantastic days every day of our lives because we are human and we function on deep emotion and we're like I say complex so yeah that awesome yeah a hundred percent I mean self-awareness self-acceptance I think that they're my big things I'm like so important awesome okay set question time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so and these are a couple of my personal buzzwords Uh, and so the first one is what brings you joy in your life what brings me joy? You're all going to laugh now because you've been listening to this. Well, what brings <laughs> me joy is doing more and more work and studying and <laughs> and eating. Eating brings me joy too. Um, I'm one of these people. I'm quite, um, 
I suppose I'm a little bit type A in the fact that I like to be doing stuff and I like to be studying and I like to be learning new things. And I like to be experiencing life. So yeah, they're the things that bring me joy, experience, learning and eating. <laughs> awesome, same. Uh, we were actually, one of the things that distracted us before we started recording was talking about our love of studying. <laughs> and how we're a bit weird but I as I've got older I'm embracing my weirdness I'm not saying that you're weird um but you know (laughs) I also love uh, to learn and study so awesome um my next question is what makes life meaningful for you you know connection it's funny I'm saying this right now right but it is it's connection human beings need connection we need one another it doesn't matter how we do it phones are there you know we've got zoom and stuff right now at the moment with everything that's going on but yeah, we do need connection. We need one another. And I love connection. I love connecting to my friends, to the people I know. And, you know, you know, being in those spaces where we share. Because we are only as good as the people we're around. And we, we, we have, that experience is so important to us, you know. So find ways to do that. Mm, absolutely. Well, I'm just thinking, you know, since we met, and I think that was only last year in lockdown, but it was remotely. And we've never met in person actually our entire friendship is online because and and we're in the same country uh it's just because of you know covid and and all of that so yeah there are absolutely ways to to still kind of connect to make it work and that's something who knows when but maybe at some point we'll be able to meet in in person it might never happen oh well (laughs) we can uh eat food have coffee you know (laughs) study Awesome. Uh, so my next two questions are about our kind of overarching topic of the podcast, which is mental wellness, mental well-being. So the first question we've been talking about language is what does mental wellness mean to you? It's really a beautiful question. I love this question because it's so different for different people. But for me, it's always about stepping into my me every day. I know it sounds really um, complex and a bit, what is she talking about? what it is is when I wake up in the morning I ask myself how I am I kind of ask myself how I am and I feel that wellness for me comes from actually recognizing how I'm feeling in any given moment and also I think it's about you know really looking after my body and eating well and hydrating hydrating was something I really had to learn to be well when I was younger I wouldn't drink I'd hardly ever drink um, because I was always afraid of not finding somewhere I needed you know like a convenience um, but yeah, wellness for me means really tapping into the, the, the things that nurture me, you know, mm. things that make me feel safe and loved. And yeah, that, those things. Mm. Yeah, I, I love asking this, quite, well, all the questions, because it's so varied people's answers, but I always find, and I found it there, when people say stuff that for myself, I kind of check in and go, oh yeah. When you said about hydration, I was thinking, oh, I'm quite thirsty actually, I've probably not drunk enough <laughs> today. <laughs> so Hey, everyone listening, if you're also thinking, oh, I've not drunk enough, have a nice glass of water after this. <laughs> so um, my follow-up is always for yourself, how you look after your mental well-being. So you mentioned about that kind of checking in uh, with yourself. How are you today? And if there's anything else you do, if you're like, oh, things aren't great or, uh, you know, how you look after your own mental well-being. I meditate. I've been a meditation teacher for very, very many years. Um, I'm also a Reiki master, so I sometimes do Reiki on myself. But yeah, I tend to meditate or go into very still spaces. But then, you know, when Heather was, um, Heather, sorry, my love, Hannah. 
Do you know what? I get, I, don't know what I, have, I had that sometimes. I, for a while, I had a friend that always called me Helen. I don't know. Maybe in a past life, I was a Helen or a Heather or a. That was so <laughs> weird when I said it because I don't even know anyone. And like, I, so I don't know. But anyway, so when um, Hannah was talking about, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, hydration, uh, how you look after, how you check in with yourself. So what you do for your mental well-being. Oh, yeah, because I was saying I meditate. So, yeah, so meditation. Um, but one of the other things is um, when Hannah was talking about um, watching the TV or, you know, just sort of laying around in your pyjamas, I actually go there sometimes I, I go to a movie because I don't tend to watch films that much um I don't tend to spend a lot of time um in front of the telly because I am studying all the time <laughs> and working all the time so yeah you know that that is it for me I will meditate and I'll exercise quite I mean I, I do yoga so I'll do my yoga to bring me into calm spaces you know one of the things actually it's just a little tip really for you all but one of the things that I do is if I do start to feel a little bit out of sorts, I regulate my breathing. So if you guys are feeling a little bit tetchy, a little bit not right, regulate your breathing. And if you can't do it in the space where you're in, just leave that space to excuse yourself and go and regulate your breathing. Really slow it down because it brings you down into a space where you feel better about everything and it makes you feel that just that just a bit calmer. Yeah, absolutely. You've kind of preempted the next question, but that's fine. I'll let you off. <laughs> Which is that everyone that comes on, I ask to leave us with between one and three top tips of things that we can try. <laughs> um, so, and and this could be, Jerry, I know we've uh, touched on lots of stuff today, but kind of anxiety and um, particularly around the current situation. So it could be tailored to that or just generally, if you have a top one to three tips that you'd like to share with us. Could you send me the questions? <laughs> Because you sent me the questions, so I read them. <laughs> These things He's happen, guys. We get the questions beforehand and we make up all the answers in our head. <laughs> so, um, yeah, tips. You know, what I'd really like to say um, is to really step into sort of giving yourself a break, actually, rather than a tip. So actually allowing yourself time and space and knowing that you might make mistakes in life but they're, but they're never all mistakes they're just learning curves and you know recognizing that you deserve that space if these things happen and I think other things like you know really look after yourselves like if you don't stop enough breaks start setting your timer to stop you and get you off the couch or off the desk away from the desk off the chair you know give yourself that timer an hour I'll be doing this for an hour and then I get up and I'm going to walk around and the other one maybe is to get out and I'm, I'm talking to myself here a bit too because because of all the lockdown and everything that's been going on I've been really neglecting going out enough but even if it's just stepping outside your front door with your cup of tea just get outside because it really reconfigures our systems when we get out into the fresh air so yeah, do that. And I know, I don't know if Hannah would mind me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Hannah does like, um, she does um, swimming in like, uh, is it lakes, my love? River. River, oh, yeah. river, river swimming. And I just think that's just an amazing thing. So if it appeals to you, that's a beautiful thing to do because I couldn't do it. I think so I'll be scared of the cold in the water. But I, I, we have talked about it before, Hannah and I have. Uh, she said, you'll love it, but I'm not sure. But if you've got that yearning in you, you've got that in you, you could do something like that. It's so beautiful. 
when you get that experience. And Hannah has told me that there is ways to find out places that you can do it. In the UK, I can't say about other places. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, there's quite a lot of wild swimming communities. Uh, Facebook is a good place to go for it at the moment if you're in the UK. Um, and there's lots of growing research about the health benefits and the mental health benefits. Um, and it is also fun if you're into cold water. <laughs> so, but it's really magical to be back with, nat- you know, with nature and actually the river that we swim in in the morning. The number of times we've seen this kingfisher flying overhead, oh. it's just stunning. Um, so who knows when we're allowed back out, you know, you come visit, we'll, we'll eat food. We'll swim in the river. Great day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you know what? And actually you gave a tip. And so I went with the tip question, but I realized it's not usually the order I go in. (laughs) So actually we're kind of switching up a little bit freestyle. I said it would be relaxed and kind of freestyle a bit. Uh, so my (laughs) question I normally ask before that is um how would you describe your own mindset mindset. now here we're on to language because i'm going to do this what do you mean by mindset this is the whole point i don't tell people what i mean by mindset so it's whatever it means to you interesting (laughs) okay right so i suppose mindset to me means how we I am in any given moment time, which mindset? I mean, am I uneasy? Am I feeling anxious? Am I angry? Am I happy? I believe that mindset is our actual, the the mindset that we need is the neutral point, the point where we're neither too uneasy, too anxious, too over happy, too joyful. So for me, mindset's about being in that neutral space. But it's also, because this is the thing with language that we were talking about earlier, it's also about how I approach things, how I take something. Like if I'm learning something, what mindset do I bring to that? Am I going to be all engaged in it? Am I going to be watching the TV at the same time? So it is, it's quite an interesting question because I could talk about it for hours. And we don't have that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it is for me, it's, it's very much about if I'm going to talk about it in a, just a general sense, yeah, it would be about where my mindset is at any given moment in time but as I say it does lend itself to other things as well yeah yeah that's kind of I very rarely define it for people (laughs) if they push and they're like what um I sort of see it yeah your kind of outlook on the world how you view things how you approach things that kind of thing but you know I, I guess with all these questions it's what's so fun about them is they're very open it's like what does this thing mean to you what does this thing mean to you it's kind of you know, because uh, I've obviously got my thoughts on kind of what mental well-being is or whatever, but we have guests on and people have really different perspectives. And I find it so interesting to hear those and think, oh, yeah, maybe it's that as well. How, you know, what's your mindset? Oh, maybe it's that as well. So, um, yeah, that's why I ask these questions. And it's always really fun and, and really diverse. And some people like you kind of say stuff that's similar to mine. And sometimes I'm like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> which is <laughs> nice um but also it's sometimes really interesting when people say stuff that's really different you're like hmm, I hadn't thought of it that way yeah it is interesting and it's obviously Hannah I know you so I'm probably being a little bit cheeky really but you know it's it no it's true because when you know someone it's very different when you talk like this and you're doing something like this but yeah it is it's amazing because having these questions does make you think about it as well it makes you think about how you see things yeah it really does yeah yeah. So my next question um, is a new one that I've started mm. throwing in. So actually, this would have been the tip question. So we've only got two questions left, actually. Um, mm. 
which is a shame really I know we've already been talking for ages and I'm really enjoying it but (laughs) (laughs) but you have two questions left and so this is a new one I've thrown in um I love to learn I love to read I have so many books um I also enjoy TED Talks uh, so it's not just a book base but I'm asking everyone now in my kind of newer batch of um interviews so there's going to be like a weird point in time where suddenly the new question actually people start to hear it because at the moment no one's hearing the new question um, <laughs> anyway you don't need to know that um <laughs> the question is if uh, you have a book or a TED talk that has really been impactful that's really um really touched you you've really enjoyed that you want to recommend it's really funny because this is the weirdest thing ever. Um, the reason I'm saying this, right, is because I only, I've got a Facebook page, right? Um, my, my business has got a Facebook page. And I today, for the first time ever, put a book recommendation on the page. And then you've asked me this question. I'm like, do I say that book? Just filled with my little mind's going, my brain's going, I'll say that book. And it's really funny that you've asked it. And, you know, there are so many books I read. I'm like you, Hannah. I read a lot. I love reading. I'm, I'm, I have like three books on the go sometimes at once because I absolutely adore reading. So there's so many books. And um, I would say, um, depend, to, to go down the route of maybe all the stuff that we've been talking about. Um, and I am going to say the book actually that I put it on, put on my page. Um, I put Paolo Carlo's The Alchemist on my recommendation today. Now, this book changed my life. It changed everything because it's the beginning of this journey. It's the beginning of me ending up here. It was where, how I got here. But it's taken many, many years. But I believe if everyone can and everyone feels that, yeah, that is the book to stick in your bag and have to read if you want something just to read. It's a really quite a short story, actually. and it, But it's such a... It's a gem of a story because it's so beautiful and it's so interesting where it can take different people and the way they view it. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I think that could definitely help some people. Awesome. I've definitely got it. I'm not sure if I've read it. I feel like maybe I haven't because I <laughs> don't have any real memory of it. And if it has such an impact on you, I feel like I would have had some reaction to it if I had actually read it. But I know it's somewhere in amongst my books so I will I will um I will prioritize it uh, which means that maybe this year I'll read it (laughs) that's the kind of where we're at with prioritizing and but yeah thank you so much for sharing that and then my final question is where people can connect with you if they are interested in kind of working with you if you want to tell us anything you've got going on um your Facebook page whatever where we can find you well, I am just about to relaunch myself because I did launch for a while and then I pulled back because I started studying. So um, I'm about to launch probably around May time. So if you want to find me, you can find me on Facebook. Um, and that's www.facebook.com forward slash life catalyst coach. That's a Facebook. And my website is www.selfloveselfcaresystem.com. Awesome. So it's quite simple. Yeah, and we'll absolutely link in the show notes so people can find you easily from there. Oh, hem, it's been so much fun, as always, yeah. <laughs> when we chat. Absolute um, pleasure. Yeah, and I think we've we've covered some, I think, really great stuff. We had a kind of a loose idea. I think we have been very relaxed, but also some really good uh, stuff that people can hopefully take away. So thank you so, so much for joining me. I've loved speaking with you, as I do 
anytime we speak say thank you and thank you for having me it's been an absolute pleasure I've really enjoyed it it's been really really good really really enlightening I've learned some things today too (laughs) so massive massive thank you again to him and I just wanted to come back to uh, a couple of things that came up I mean there was loads of great stuff (laughs) I personally think that that came up the quote that I shared from Laurie Gottlieb change means loss and I think sometimes when we are setting these these intentions for ourselves that might come from the best place like I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to do all these things it does sometimes mean a change and that there is a flip side to that that yes it might be something really positive but there is some loss attached and some kind of adjustment attached and I think sometimes we don't think about that we're not aware of that in the same way so I think it's a, it's a great thing to remember um self-acceptance we talked about self-awareness are things that I feel like I talk about a lot but maybe not as much as I think that I do but <laughs> things that I really think are so important for our well-being that ability to tune into ourselves and listen to ourselves and what's going on for us with our self-awareness and to kind of accept how things are how we are, how life is. And there might be things in your life that you want to change. But I think if we can start from a point of going, okay, this is how they are at the moment and and accept them. And then we can start thinking about, you know, what, what that change might look like for us. But I think if we start from a point of wanting things to be different, wishing that they were different, denying how they are, it, it just doesn't really work. I, I don't think for that, um, sustainable change so really tuning into ourselves and accepting kind of where we are at the moment and starting from that point uh, I think is so important so I just wanted to reiterate that and we talked about cold water swimming and I have not been for a little while but I'm very excited that I am going on Thursday to swim in the sea so early morning um going to one of my favorite beaches and uh I will be in the water so I'm very much looking forward to that it's something uh, maybe we'll do a dedicated episode on it at some point it's something I personally find really grounding and refreshing and and all of those things and as I mentioned there is a lot of growing research about the benefits uh, of it so if it's something you're interested in I would absolutely recommend it but do be aware of safety I guess of you know where you're swimming knowing where you are swimming and the conditions uh, bearing in mind that wherever you are in the world but particularly in the UK it is still cold <laughs> in the water at the moment um, and having a buddy and all of those things and um, there are some if you if you search for, for outdoor swimming or possibly the RNLI uh, website they will have some tips about safely swimming in the water because it's, it's still really important to to look after yourself so I'm just throwing that in but absolutely I love it I'm excited about getting back in the water. That's another bit of my self-care. I'm, I'm going to see a friend, catch up, have that connection and get in the water. And that is probably going to be my highlight of the, of the next week. Um, apart from seeing a friend for coffee, which is what I'm doing after this. So connection, we talked about it Monday with Philippa. It came up in this conversation as well. There are lots of different ways to to do that. That's something I'm going to be thinking about this week. And being in the water and self-care 
And I would love to know what you are taking away from this conversation, what you're thinking about this week for your own self-care. So please tag us in a post on Instagram or send us a message at Psyche Coaching, P-S-Y-K-H-E Coaching. You can send us a DM, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We always love to hear your feedback, your suggestions for the show um, and, all, and all of that. And as always, if you have enjoyed the show, please do consider, consider, can't talk, consider rating and reviewing wherever you listen to the show or voting for us in the British Podcasting Awards as your listener's choice. Uh, That would be awesome. But um, whether you vote, whether you not, whether you rate, review, etc., I just really appreciate you for tuning in, for listening, for spending time with us today. And I really hope that you have a great rest of your week, that you are looking after yourself and taking that time for yourself. Because as hopefully you've picked up from this conversation, it is so so important for us to look after ourselves to nurture ourselves and it really makes a massive difference to how we can show up in the rest of our lives in our work in our relationships in in everything so please do think about how you are going to show up for yourself as well this week that's everything from me I'll be back next week with two more uh, amazing conversations until then as always take care of yourself be kind to yourself and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.